Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of Views from the Kicks. I am Sandy Burks, but I am not joined today by Coach Buck and Jack. But do not worry, they will be back soon. We will be bringing them back later in the show, but uh, I have a very special guest with me today. It's actually Coach Buck's doppelganger. I'm joined by Seth Wagner, the pride of Sedgwick, Arkansas. Is that right, Seth? Yes, it's Sedgwick. It's misspelled on the uh, roster, too. That's Is that right? Part. Yep. Have you ever talked to Coach Edelman about this? No, I don't really care. You don't care? I don't feel this, this metropolis of Sedgwick yeah. can bear the insult. That's right. So I called him Seth Wagner at the beginning, but Seth, you also go by a different name. Is that right? Uh, yes, I go by Little Buck. And when did this start, Seth? Uh, that started a freshman year within uh, 30 minutes of me being here. <laughs> and why do you think they call you Little Buck? Well, uh, for those of you listening, I happen to be a large guy with a flat top and a very square-shaped head. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yes, it it sounds very familiar, (laughs) which is how I got the nickname. Yeah, so, okay, for those of you listening who don't know Seth, Seth is a defensive tackle for us at Hendricks. He's a senior, and, um, well, this podcast, we wanted to branch out a little bit and bring on some different personalities other than just Coach Buck, Jack, and I, because we can't carry the wagon ourselves, and Seth Wagner just happens to be... I would say one of the most interesting personalities we've ever had at Hendrix. Uh, very complex individual. Stop very, it, you're going to make me blush. Very smart, very handsome, and um, just well-rounded in general, different uh, interests. And I thought it would be uh, beneficial to the show to have him on just to give an insight into Hendrix Warrior football and have another perspective. So, uh, Seth, we're here. Let's get rolling. Um there's so much to talk about with you. I don't even know. Um, well, first off, let's just, you know, we have a lot of Texas people on the team, but I'm glad we have Arkansas representation, first of all. Yes. You played at Hoxie, is that right? Yep. And you, We were actually talking about this the other day at lunch. You, you played for a pretty good program, is that right? Yeah, we were uh, three-time uh, conference champions while I was from my sophomore to senior year. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, I went to the quarterfinals twice and then lost in the second round my senior year. Let me ask you this about let me, uh, football. I remember when I was a freshman, that was way back in the day in high school, my coach told me the two records you'll most remember from high school are your freshman record and your senior record. Mm-hmm. After playing, I'm not entirely sure. I do remember my freshman season. Did you play? So when you were a freshman, that was the first year that the rule was enacted that you could play varsity as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Um, did you did you play varsity as a freshman? No, like how we do it at Hoxie, it's the uh, the freshmen and the eighth graders are in like junior high, the JV, just automatically. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the year, the freshmen will move up if the senior team makes it to the playoffs. Okay. The varsity team makes it to the playoffs. So I got to move up, but I didn't get to play. Gotcha. So I got to be in practice. I got, you know, snot kicked out of me, and that was it. Kind of had that learning curve right there at the end of that season going into spring. Do you have any special memories? For, I know you were talking about you guys got pretty close uh, a couple times in the playoffs, but do you have any – are there any games that stand out, any memories from high school? Or that? Uh, my sophomore year, that was the one we probably should have won it all mm. because we went 12-1, uh, and one, uh, and we only – the one game we lost was in the quarterfinals to a team we had already beaten, uh, Earl, which is now 2A, mm. and we lost 8-6. to six. And I was, I'm a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. so that one, that one stung right. because we played a very good game to keep Earl to only one score, but offense just couldn't get the ball rolling. I think there was a really good quarterback that played for Earl. I don't know if you were playing against him at the time, but those are 8-6. That's pretty rough, man. It was. It was, it was rough. It was devastating. You, um, 
Yeah, and just in your sophomore year too. I mean, yeah. But your dad coached, is that right? He yes. still does. My dad is the D line and the I think co defensive coordinator. I think that's his title at Hoxie, which he wasn't co defensive coordinator when I was in. He was just the D line coach. And for the people, people now listening, like, oh, this is why Seth got to play. Uh, no. <laughs> this is why Little Buck got to be a player. Uh, now he actually made me go through the boards and beat everybody uh, three times, other than the other starting defensive tackle before he let me have that spot. Yeah, just knowing how Seth is, um, I would imagine that his dad was not going to give him anything. He was going to have to work for it. And nah, honestly, he, probably work a little extra, too. Yeah, he, like, he, I got it worse than the other guys. I yeah. got, they got treated better than I did. Seth is very old school, <laughs> I would say. No, you are. <laughs> how no. so? You know, actually, I do. I want to paint the picture real quick for the people at home. I'm in his apartment right now, and this man is reclined. He, he's very comfortable. He's in a very... Uh, Contemplative pose, I would say. He's got um. How would you describe the shirt you're wearing right now? Uh, right now, I'm wearing a shirt I got from the straw market at Nassau, and the only way to describe it, I think, is to say like Bahamian shirt. Okay. You know, it has like I'm, I don't want to say tribal, but I guess tribal imagery on it. It is. It's it's very it's very uh <laughs> it's very it's very Caribbean. Right is it now. very comfortable? Yes. Okay. And, you know, you're wearing a Caribbean shirt. Have you been outside yet? No. It's pretty chilly, Seth. Well. I know you don't care. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a large guy. This guy, he's just, this guy wears shorts every single day. Yeah. But getting back to his dad real quick, you know, he, uh, when he's not coaching Hoxie, you can find him in the stands. Him and uh, Mrs. Wagner up in the stands at Hendricks football games. He's yeah. uh, not very missable, is he? No, my dad is a very, uh, like me, my dad's a very large person. He's taller. Uh, he's a... Uh, has a white goatee that is so stark white that you can see it for miles. And my mom kind of blends in because she's short, you know, brunette lady. But now dad stands out because he's about 6'2", maybe pushing five bills, mm. starking, sparkling white mm. goatee. And this is how you want to be when you're older? Like the goatee and everything? I mean, maybe not the goatee. No? No. You did shave recently. Yes. A lot of us were disappointed. Hey, I, I got tired of having it. I feel you. You know, you can grow a much better beard than me. I, I guess that's because I'm jealous. But anyway, let's get to a little bit. I want to get a, a look at, you know, um, a little bug. Let's go back in time. Freshman. Okay. Now, what's your major, Seth? I'm a history major. You're a history major. D did you know coming into college that you wanted to be a history major? Well, I was originally going to be an education major because I want to be a teacher and maybe a coach. I haven't decided on that part yet. But the thing was, we actually got rid of the education major mm -hmm. the year I got here. That's right. And... I actually talked to the guy who made that decision. It was because they had a professor who'd been here forever, apparently, who passed away, mm -hmm. education professor, and they did not know if it was worth bringing in a new professor when there was only, I think at the time, four education majors. Okay. So he made the decision, we'll just cut that major. They can go the non-traditional route because he... He's a big advocate of the non-traditional rap. Yeah, we at Hendrix are very big advocates, I think, of non-traditional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a different kind of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but that's so I became a history major because I'm like, well, I want to teach history so I can get a degree in history and then just get my license the non-traditional way. Mm -hmm. So you, you already kind of knew the education coming in. Um, you also mentioned that you might want to coach. So obviously you have a uh, passion for I guess just not even instruction necessarily, but probably mentoring, I would say. Um, where do you think this came from? I don't know. I just... It's if just you, how you work. Well, if you just understand something and you see someone struggling with that, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you just help them out with it? It's just... Right. 
I mean, it just seems like a something I would want help with. Mm-hmm. Like I knew when I had to take my math, I went to Professor Simi constantly because I needed constant help. And I feel like if you need that, there should be somebody who you can go to that gives you that help in whatever the field is. So do you see yourself as that kind of person? Anyway? Uh, in some matters and others, no. No. I'm not the guy to come with uh, biochemistry or <laughs> organic chemistry or oh, any no. of that. I mean, but, um, you know, you're on the leadership council, so you, you have taken up different leadership positions on the team, of course. Um, you're also seen as a, you know, a senior, so there's... There's that leadership capacity there. It just seems like that with your interest in academics and also with some of the things you do in football that you, you've kind of been geared up to this point to be a mentor, to be an instructor, to coach, all of this. Is, I mean, I could, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Never thought of it that way. I don't know, man. I mean, that's why we do this podcast. Maybe get, this is like a therapy session. Thought. It's a therapy session. That's what it is. But, um, You're gonna bill me later for Seth, Seth this no, work. No, I'm just hoping you don't bill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. So Seth, we kind of—I I wanted to paint the picture because obviously I've known you since you came in here. Um, we joke around a lot, and but I, I did tell you I wanted the people at home to get a picture of you, who you are as a student, as an athlete. But we do have a policy on this program that was developed by the head man himself, um, Coach Buck. That's ABF, anything but football. So we're kind of going to go off the board here. Um, I want to ask, so this is kind of football related, but really it's more, I just want to see how this describes you as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, Recently, the NCAA discussed the matter of paying players and they have uh, recently, I'm not going to get into specifics because I'm not as well read on it, but however, they are going to allow players soon to make money off their likeness. And I want to say in an ideal scenario, if, if your likeness was being used by Hendricks, and there's a lot of money coming in, you know. Mm-hmm. Little Buck is bringing in the cash. Yeah. What's Little Buck doing with the cash? What are you doing? Well, I think that ruling came about because of a lawsuit that a lot of the former NCAA players uh, made against the NCAA game. And I actually had a coach who was part of that lawsuit. Uh, one that could have been, but he decided not to because he thought it was cool. He was in a video game. He mm-hmm. didn't feel like there should be legal action. And the other one realized they're going to rule in the favor. I just want some money off of yeah. it. And uh, I don't know what I would do with it, but I also feel it's different because of my situation as opposed to those guys who are actually going to get in the video game mm-hmm. realistically. Like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence, the guy yeah. in Clemson. He's going to obviously rake in cash if they make a video game with him in it. As opposed to me sitting here D three D tackle, but and uh, you know I don't know their scholarship situation. But if you're on, a, I'm not on a full ride, so I'd probably just use it to pay off the student loans before they, you know, they mug me in the night to <laughs> yeah. extract <laughs> yeah. extract my soul or whatever to pay that off. But no, uh, so I feel like that's it's different. But I also feel like they'll just never make that. They'll never make a game with Division three in it. It's not gonna work. But yeah. let's just say you know you're a college student. You're a humble college student. Um, you wear shorts all the time. Yes. You're not the. I would. You know. I think you know what I mean when I say that you're not the most. Uh, you're not the most concerned with fashion. Would that be right? Flashy. Yeah. You're uh, not flashy. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're just. Yeah. You're. You're practical. Um, so I just want to know, like, if if you, you know, forget the lawsuit for a second. If you were just to run into maybe half a million, mm-hmm. you know, as as a senior in college, I know you mentioned paying off. Uh, Student loans and debt, but what else? What is there anything in your life that you just need right now? So, so you're saying what extravagant thing? I would, would love I, to know what extravagant thing. What extravagant thing I would buy for myself? I would probably. Hmm. I'd actually probably buy myself a very nice boat. A boat. Okay. A boat. 
Because that's one of the things I don't have, is I don't have like a very nice boat. I can just go hang out on the lake on, spend a day doing nothing. But, you know, I have I have a truck. I have all that. I'm not... You do have a truck. Fine. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. See, me and my dad both on we co-title a truck and so he he uses it he's going to get a new one after college i'm going to get mine back okay that'd be nice have yeah. a boat you guys have any water in sedgwick no but we we live right by the cash river got you so what's your okay what's your ideal day then what's my ideal day are you just you just want to chill boat. well also my dad's always wanted a boat so i would be like yeah this is this is the family this boat. is the family boat yeah. So he would probably use it more than me because he's always on about how he doesn't have a boat. It bothers him. Me, I would just do it for funsies. My extravagant purchase. But yeah. now the, uh, my ideal day on a boat or just my ideal day? Let's do both. Let's go out. Oh, we're going with, on the boat, it depends. Depends on uh, where I take the boat. If I'm on a river, which I don't like being on rivers generally, just because I hate having to deal with current and mm -hmm. all that nonsense. I'm not nautical for those of you listening. No. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a landlubber yeah. to the bone. But uh, now nah, I would probably just like to cruise on a lake, hang out with some friends, swing when I want to, basically do nothing. You're it's not. Some, a bad it's something. It's something yeah. I excel at. Well, I'm fat, so I tend to float. <laughs> How about off the boat? Off the boat, normal day. Uh, you know, a nice like about seventy degree day. Where I get to hang out on my back patio, grill, hang out, watch college football. So you're a big college football guy. Well, I really used to be. It's actually kind of funny. I got into college football, and now I don't watch it near as much as I mm -hmm. used to, just because we have our game to worry about on exactly. Saturday, yeah. and I don't. And because of college life, you're constantly busy. Absolutely. So like, I'll be. Oh, that game was on. Oh well, I missed that. Mm -hmm. But. So I actually used to, in high school, I used to watch it. That was mine and dad's ritual. We would watch college game day all day. Heck yeah. Unless we had something more pressing that my mother felt we needed to do. <laughs> but we would, we would wake up, make big breakfast, and watch all the college game day. Pick out our favorite signs, because some of them were just legendary. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that reminds me of what I used to do on Saturdays. You know, you play your game Friday night, mm -hmm. maybe go out and celebrate, you know, sleep in. Did you guys do Saturday practices? No. Thank God. We didn't neither. That's See, we didn't, we didn't do weekend practices. No. Just, and when I heard people did that, I'm like, that should be... That that's should, crazy. That should be a war crime. It should. Because it's just not right. Yeah, let high schoolers be high schoolers. Like, it's just... Enjoy your weekend. Exactly. You know? And that, I mean, that sounds like a really good way to do it. I know you're not a big fan of the NFL. And, um... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. no. we're, we're diving into these waters. <laughs> well, you know, I know you're a big... You know, you just... You love the game. I know how much you love college football. And you've mentioned to me in the past how... Um, you know, we don't have to get into why you dislike the NFL. But I guess more of just, like... You know, we're college football players. We play this game. We don't... We don't get scholarships out of it. We, we play it just for the love of the game. So, like, why... Why do we do it, Seth? Explain to the people at home. Why do we do this? See, I feel like it varies per person. I feel like there's no set reason. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys uh, who I'm not going to name, you know who I'm talking about, only stayed with the team for three years because he liked hanging out with the guys. Mm -hmm. He didn't like the football part of it. Yeah. Actually hated that part. And, uh, yeah, Sandy, I'm sorry. I can't say his name. I feel like that'd be wrong. But Sandy knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> but, and I, I just, you know, the... 
the reason's very per person. So like uh, Mason Door, my roommate, I'll call him out. I don't care. He, <laughs> he told me because it felt like he just belonged there. <laughs> uh, Josh Norris, another former player, he just said it felt right and he liked the camaraderie and how close everyone was because we're constantly around each other. Right. Which, uh, which means we we get way too familiar with each other. But and I've always liked it because it was a place where you could actually be a guy. And not get in trouble. <laughs> like you can, you can say profane things. You can just act a fool sometimes. Like, like you know, cartwheels for no reason. Say something ignorant. Break out dancing with no real repercussion other than wow. It's legalized violence and ignorance. Yeah, it's legalized violence and ignorance. And uh, you know, when people, I was actually talking to a professor who was talking about how barbaric it was because of all this research about CTE comes out. But, and I thought it was funny because I was actually walking, watching a documentary where a lot of those players said they wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. They would have kept, they would have yeah. played even if it meant getting messed up because to them it was worth it because it was an outlet for them. Mm-hmm. It was a place where they could actually be men without being, you know, criticized or put in prison. You, when you, you mentioned now, you mentioned three players. Now that's extreme, y'all, but you yeah. know what I mean. No, no, we, no I, I think at least for the people who, who know the game, it, it makes sense. If you know athletes, if you know players, yeah, I mean, it, but you mentioned three players. Obviously, one of them wasn't named, mm-hmm. but of the three, two of them don't play anymore. Mm-hmm. So when your class came in, if I remember correctly, you had about pushing 40 guys, maybe. We had 43, I think. Yeah. And uh, some of those were, I mean, we were really close to some of them, obviously, and, and they left for, for various reasons. But um, that being said, there's maybe, what, 15, maybe? Maybe. At, at the You're being generous. Yeah. There might be 11. Yeah, honestly, I think so, too, including uh, three fifth years. Yeah. But um, so, really, there's so much drop-off, and the thing is, it's like, why are we still here? Um, you, know, uh, you know, you caught out Mason, but you didn't actually call him out. You just, no. You said his name. I'll, I'll say it's not much your roommate. Mason Dover is one of the hardest working guys I think on the team we have. He yes. he loves Hendricks football as much as anybody, but he he's never started. You know, well he he did start. He for, did start when only in a situation right. that wasn't. Yeah. You don't want to be the starter yeah. and yet in he, that situation, right? Exactly, and yet he's still here. He he goes at it as hard as anybody. He loves the team. He gives everything, and I just think that when you guys started out with as many players as you did, and now you're down to this many, it really boils down to like you know some of it is you just love the game of football. Like think yes. about some of the guys. At uh, Arkansas or other Division One schools, mm-hmm. um, they get scholarships to play, and sometimes I think that some of them play the game only because it's it's their way of having a scholarship that they don't love the game. They, ha- here, they have to pay. They have to do it to pay for school. Exactly. But here, we're already paying for school. Yeah. And it's just that we're just adding a burden yeah. on ourselves. Exactly. Basically. But we're we're taking on that burden. Like yeah. it's just it's the game. It's the game of football and. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, I just think you're a really good example of uh, just loving the game, not caring. Um, well, the, well, you know, they're, like Sandy said, we used to have about 43 guys, and it wasn't all just because they stopped liking the game. Some of them just some of it, yeah. Some of it was that they moved, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Trace, I can't remember Trace's last Sug. name. Uh, yeah, Trace Suggs from Mississippi. <laughs> no, but he, he went to back home in Mississippi to a school, a D2 school, I think, and they were actually paying, which... I'm cool with that. That's an yeah. upgrade. I mean, you're actually getting paid for the burden. Right. And other people transferred back or transferred back home. Uh, Cal, I can't remember Cal's last Lyle. name. Lyle. A uh, guy from Kansas. He got two concussions, like, almost as soon as he got cleared, he yeah. got concussed again. 
And so he went back home because he didn't have to didn't want to have to pay for school when he wasn't playing football. He's like, I can go for cheaper back yeah. home, which also I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boy, our boy Joe Brackett, he huh. he went to go be a priest, and yep. like you can't just part of it is just people wanting to go live their lives, yeah. and you know need to go live their lives because football's football you only get four years in college, yep. that's it. Then the clock runs out, you're over, you're done. You never get another shot to play real football after those four years. It's not like baseball or golf; you can play those till you're fifty something yeah. if you want to, as long as your body holds out. Yeah. But and then there was there were some guys like the unnamed guy who just got tired of playing, mm-hmm. didn't really love to play, and uh, it's just it's odd when you see that because everyone who comes in freshman year has this energy. They all love the game. And it's interesting to see as through life they find some guys find a reason not to like it because mm-hmm. it takes away from this. Yeah. I don't get to spend time with my girl because I'm at football. I don't get to spend time at school. Because I'm at football. I don't get to work and make money and spend stuff for nice things for me because of football. And, yeah, so the people who you meet that are seniors in any college athletic are people that truly love doing that. That have bought into it and would rather do that than anything else on the planet. You and I are approaching our last. um, There's there's obviously a chance. Honestly, it's not even a far off chance that we may... Get some extra games, but for now we're only we're not even guaranteed three we're games. On our, we're on our last couple. We, of we are on our last like staff. So you know, have you have you at all started to think about? Oh my gosh, my time is coming to an end. I, I'm playing my final snaps. Well, the thing about that was that doesn't confront me as much as most people because I already confronted that in high school. Mm. I didn't think I was going to get to play after high school because almost every camp I went to. Or every look, I got told I was too short. For those of you at home, I'm about I'm about five seven on a good day. So they've told I was too short to be playing D tackle. Uh, that you know I had to be taller, or I had to be like physically, I wasn't the guy, right? And part of that's part of football. Like the guys in D one are all giant monstrosities compared to the rest of us. But so I got told that constantly, and the only place that did not tell me that was here and mm-hmm. it was the first time I actually met Coach Burnett because every time he came to visit us I was always taking an AP test or doing something <laughs> extracurricular activity it was always happened to be the day because he never told Coach Sears when he was our head coach Coach Sears when he was coming mm-hmm. so that was the first time I met him was on my first visit here and he like immediately like a minute and 30 seconds into the convo asked me he's like Seth how tall are you I was like not again I'm about to get told I'm too short. I'm about to go home. And he's like, we don't care. We want you here. I was like, yes. But then I had to figure out how to pay for it. And that was the problem. So I didn't think I was going to get to go here because of money. Because I didn't know where I was going to get the money to actually afford to come here. So I thought I wasn't going to play football ever again. So I'd already confronted that. And I confronted that in my last game of high school. Where we got beat by Glenn Rose, it was like fifty something to fourteen or something. Mm-hmm. It was a whooping. It was bad. And you know, I was I'm a coach's kid, so lose, loss or no, I had to go help clean up the field. So I went and cleaned up the field, picked up all the yard markers, the pylons, and as I was standing there about to go ready to wheel this into the field house, 
Uh, Coach Sears didn't see I was still out there, so he turned the lights off on me while I was on the field. Mm. Dang. Yeah, I was like, I was like, damn, it was <laughs> bad. I was like, that was like pure. That was like so symbolic. I sat there and cried for like the mm-hmm. fifteen minutes because I'm like, it's over. So, and then through an act of God, I managed to find a scholarship for uh, valedictorians in my area. All right. And that uh, gave me the money to come here and to keep playing football. So you were a valedictorian? Yeah. All right. So, but I'd already confronted that reality that I was never going to play again. Because there was about like two, three weeks I was like, I'm never going to get to. So does it seem like you're almost, I wouldn't say borrowed time, but you're kind of just like, you've been given an extra pass. And yeah, it was, like, fun? it was like, it's like uh, the guy who gets the diagnosis that he only get yeah. has like a year to live and he gets 20 more. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I don't view it as, you know, it's the end. It's that I got to add that extra time. I think when you get into, um, you were talking a lot about, you know, how the, the scouts, whatever, uh, recruiters were looking at your size. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take it, you know, you were, well, I'm not the tallest either, um, but I take it that probably most of your life you were probably looked at a little bit for your size, um, for being a little shorter. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I was, except for the area and the conference I was in, because I, we had like a weight competitions, you know, lifting and stuff. And uh, one of the things, I was there and I actually... For those of you who actually see me in real life, I, I look like I can squat a house and he, I, I'm He can. He can. For those listening, he can. He is, he's, he's one of the strongest guys I've ever met. And so I think in high school, my PR was like 585 on squat. So I think one time I went to a weight competition at Piggott, and I think I bent the bar. <laughs> I, because, first off, if you're familiar with Piggott, it's not the greatest, not the greatest uh, weight have, training yeah. equipment you can buy. But no, I bent one end of it because I was kind of uneven under the bar and it, it bent on my shoulder. There was a slight bow. And uh, after that, which I think was like going into my senior year, people were like, okay, this is the guy. But no, my sophomore year, no, people, yeah, they were like, he's the he's the short, fat kid. Did you get motivation out of that? I mean, we hear that all the time. People are like, oh, oh yeah. I'm, God, it feeds me, you hear it does. that. No, it's, it, I didn't care. I don't. And I don't know. So I know some guys have to like learn the person's name. I know Mason. Uh, Mason stalked. Mason Adams stalked somebody on Twitter just to mess with them about what their girlfriend's name was. Which I was like, that's not cool. That's like that's that's how you get the cops called on you. Yeah. Like, okay, you do you, Mason. But no, I was like, uh, it didn't bother me. I didn't learn the players' names. I didn't care. I didn't care what they thought. I think there are, there are players that use motor. You know, obviously, you see the proverbial newspaper clipping that you're going to put on your bathroom mirror and look yeah, at it every okay. single morning. You, get you, you you care about it and you use it as motivation. But ever since I've known you, you, and I'm not kidding, you are the quintessential person who does not care at all about. And, and I envy you for this because all of us could take a page out of your book. You simply do not care what people think, and I think that's a great way to live life. Um, well. I care what people think about the, or like the only the only people that I care about. Yeah, exactly. Opinion. That's why. Yeah, like the random guy on the internet says, "Wow, nice, uh, nice gut, Tubby." Okay, yeah. I don't. First off, I'm don't have social media, so I'm not exactly. putting yeah. myself up to that. But no, I just I don't care what some random guy says. Why would I care? He's, I didn't know who he was before he said that. Like, it's kind of like for the people who need to know, they know. Yeah, like the people who you respect, you care about. Yeah. I mean, like, that's who you care about. And, 
Yeah, like yeah. if y'all suddenly came to me and said y'all thought I was a crappy individual, yeah, that'd affect me, but y'all don't. You got a visitor, Seth. I do. Who do you think it is? I don't know. I'm going to sit here in silence. You want to find out? No. Never had this happen before in the history of the Views from the Kicks podcast. We actually have a visitor on the podcast. I hear so. Isn't that right, Seth? All right, that was a first from the uh, in the podcast. We actually had some pest control come in. Yeah, we had, for, uh, uh, we had them trying to control the rat population, yeah. I'm guessing, which I appreciate. Because living three years in Harden, yeah. not a fun time. No, lots of roaches. Um, yeah, you had to fight the roaches. Did they have rats? Uh, Did you ever have a problem? I never had rats in our room, okay. my Mason's room or mine when I lived alone. Mm-hmm. But I know Cam Freeman, uh, Mr. Air Force now, <laughs> who... Uh, he actually caught one, like I just said, right. was about the size of a, a cat. Probably could have killed a cat, actually. That's how big that rat was. And I got called in because he didn't know what to do with it. Because he killed it in a, in a typical rat trap that killed it, but he didn't want to touch it. I was like, why are you panicking? So the good news is we do not have rats here in Market Square North 210. Yet. The, not yet. But the uh, the problem is, kind of forgot what we were. Seth. We kind of forgot what we were talking about, and that's okay. We're pretty spontaneous. When we set a lunch, we can have spontaneous conversations. We're talking about how I don't care about yeah. the, the opinion yeah. of people who don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the difference is like if like if y'all like the leadership council. I'm close friends with all yeah. y'all. If y'all came and said, "Seth, you're messing up," mm-hmm. that's going to affect me differently than uh, you know the guy at Millsaps that. Right. The hecklers, which I'm not gonna lie, are actually kind of entertaining. They do it. Yeah, right. they are. They do it right. It's the fraternities, funny. yes. But no, it's uh, yeah. There's just there's just times you don't need to care what that person thinks. No, because it's just gonna wear you out when they don't. It doesn't bother them at all. Never has. It. I mean, I think the older, the more I've realized that. I think when you get older and you come to. You find it's like when you're younger, you're kind of told you know who to respect with authority. Yeah. But as you grow up, you kind of learn. Here's what I like in a person. Yeah, Here's this, is, like. what and, and, this is what I respect. And when you start to find out what you respect and what you don't, you find out who you do. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I care about what he thinks or she thinks. But, I, you know, the others, you just push away because you finally realize, like, what you like dealing with and what you don't. And I think that's a – you learn that lesson a lot quicker than you, other people, so. And well, the thing is that, you know, cracks me up about that is I was actually talking to someone at, like, a, what, I, what I find attractive in a woman. And I said – Someone said intelligence, and I was. I said, one, I don't care if she's very attractive or pretty, because one, you don't pick that. Mm-hmm. That's a roll of the dice. That's yeah. God's slot machine. What you just happen to get. Yep. Like the guy. There's somebody that's so fortunate to be Matthew McConaughey's son and look like him. Yeah. Okay, but no, that's not the rest of us. You know. And someone said, "What about intelligence, Seth?" Because they were trying to bait me. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I can I make, people bait Seth. I make I make reckless comments at times for humor. But no, I was like, not not that not either because you really don't pick intelligence. Mm-hmm. You just kind of get lucky, and you can work on it. You can hone your intelligence, what you're given, gain knowledge. But really, you're working with what you got. That's why you see some people that can't read or write. That are functioning members of society, but they can't read and write. Mm-hmm. I graduated with a guy who, he was like that. Great guy, 
Runs a farm now. Runs a business. Cannot read 30 words a minute, probably. Just struggles with it. So, but now you're talking about what you find or what you respect in people. As a kid, you're told what to respect. You're right. But, like, as I grew up, I realized I respected people that were tough. Mm -hmm. And that were moral. Because those two are choices. You choose to be tough. It's not... I'm not talking about the physical aspect of how much damage you can take. But toughness and how you can actually, like, deal with whatever's happening in your life and continue going forward. Like, uh, one of the guys I played with in high school, uh, toughest guy I know, lovely guy. His name's Austin Williams. And he is he is tough because one he is not athletic not in the way that you would think uh, and actually like I think he was an all-state player would be right played linebacker but he wouldn't go till everything in his body shattered to prove to you that he was not afraid it was like he was trying to prove to the world he wasn't scared and he proved and he worked out he got better still could not catch a football to save his life like, it's sad. He, like, claps his hands together. I really wish I could put video in this podcast of how bad it was trying, him trying to catch a football. Constantly worked at it. Are you better than him? Yes. That's okay. how bad. That's right. how bad he is at it. That's how naturally uncoordinated he is. But he worked at it and was tough to the point where he's like, I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to get better at it. And then his senior year, the last defensive play made on a grass field at Hoxie, he got an interception. And almost the whole team got thrown out because we all lost our minds because Austin Williams just caught a pick. And uh, no, but I respected him because he's tough, has a speech impediment, and like a bad one. He sounds like he's from, I thought he was from Scotland when I originally moved there in fourth <laughs> grade. I was like, what, why is there a kid from some foreign country in the middle in Hoxie, Arkansas? What's going on here? Had a speech impediment. I didn't really know his dad. Lost his grandpa, who was the only real dad to him early on in life, and never, I never knew it bothered him. As his friend, I knew because I talked to him about it. But if you were just watching him, he was the same Austin. And some people would say, well, that's unhealthy. I'm like, no, he was talking to his friends about it. But he never let that affect his play, his school, or I can't remember, he didn't have a job yet, but if he had a job, it wouldn't affect his job. And I respected that. And that's why I think he's the toughest person I've ever met. How much of your mindset, the, the way you were just talking about, how much of that do you, maybe you've thought about this, maybe you haven't, but I'm just curious, uh, comes down to the fact that you're not from a very big town. That you, you just want to respect You're, you're wondering how much the rural upbringing has to come with Perhaps, this. Yeah, my, I mean, I mean, my adoration of toughness. I've met people similar to you from bigger cities, but I, I wonder if, if you think that that has anything to do with it, just, you know, being... I think it's less, we're about to get very psychological or psychological as I can get. No, but I think it's less to do with big city versus, you know, rural environment, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. I live in a former rice field for the rest, for the, for the <laughs> those listening in. But no, it's, I think it's where naturally you're inclined to be, mm-hmm. like just as you as an individual, but also the environment you are in, yeah. and people be like, oh, so it does matter if it's urban or rural. No, I'm talking about how your parents raise you. Right. How your parents tell you what's important and what is not. And yes, there's a, there's a fine-tuning of that, of nature versus nurture. I'm one of those, I believe it's both. Yeah. But I also think your nature has something to do with it, mm-hmm. because 
I was I was a kid that uh, I didn't tell my parents when I got a cut on my leg because I didn't think it was a big deal. It was just, and I don't know if part of that is because of a rural environment. I was always getting cut because I was running through stuff because I'm an idiot. But no, I honestly think it is a mixture of like who is raising you and just who you naturally want to be. I feel like if your parents tell you that's a bad thing, you should feel more, you should be more sensitive, you'll tend to go away from that and then maybe find it later in life as opposed to if you're not tough and your parents make you be tough, that you, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a psych, I'm not a psych major. No, we, but we need X for this. No, you hit on some good stuff. I mean, I'm in a psych class, and we were actually just talking about nature versus nurture uh, the other day. And it seems like when you get into a debate like that, people want you to choose. It's got to be one or the other. Yeah. But I think you make a good point. It it can be both. It absolutely can be both. And you made an interesting point about if you're out running around and stuff, you're gonna get a lot of cuts. Yeah. And like the the more you get them, the more you're like okay. And the first time cut. you do it as a kid, yeah, you're gonna freak out because yeah. you got cut. Right. But I mean, yeah. after that, you. Okay, it's a cut, it's not serious. Yeah. But, and I was actually talking to my dad, talking about experience. I was actually talking about, I was, experience is the mother of apathy. Okay. And because I was talking about how someone was talking about they were sick of ice cream or something like that, I was like, what? First off, because I love ice cream. That's a crime. Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, there's someone in 1880, just having that, having that 30 times wouldn't have been enough. You know what I mean? But because so, but because we have experienced so much, we've gotten apathetic to how awesome that really is. Mm-hmm. Like if you saw a dragon the first time, you'd probably lose <laughs> your mind, right? As yeah. you should be. It's a dragon. But after you see about 50 of them, it's no longer a big mm-hmm. deal. And so I was, I was thinking about that because I heard some, some guy in the cafe complaining about soft serve ice cream. And I, was, Man, I said, what is, what is this madness? That's crazy. So me and my dad had a whole 30-minute discussion on that. That's mine and dad's relationship, by the way. Well, I remember you used to, you, you're on the phone with him a lot, your parents. Yeah. I, I mean, usually call him every night. That's awesome. Even, I mean, like, I wish I, I wish I, going back, I wish I had done that more. But that's really cool. And, and, and no, just hearing stories about your dad, I would imagine those are pretty uh, interesting conversations. Pretty passionate, too, I would well, imagine. Well, dad is very... <laughs> Diversely learned individual. Uh, he has been a bouncer, mm. a soldier. He has been, a, he's run a chicken plant. He's worked at a chicken plant. He's, uh, he's been a teacher and a coach now for uh, at least 10 years more now. Yeah, been a farmer. Ran that into the ground. He's, he's had a, he's been, he's done a lot of stuff. I've told him, I'm like, you need to write a book. He disagrees with me. He's like, what are people going to learn from my story? I'm like, that sometimes crap don't work out, and you just need to find something yeah, else exactly, to do. Yeah. Just keep going. It'd be interesting, though. It, it would be, be interesting. Don't have to learn all the time. Yeah, I know. But the, now, my favorite one of, like, dad, the dad, my favorite dad story is when he, uh, when we, we were actually supposed to move to Jamaica because they were trying to open a chicken plant in Jamaica, and my dad was going to run it. And uh, he lived down there for a while, for a while and uh, then, uh, then he saw the light, and he's like, why would I bring my wife and three kids here? Because they actually showed our house in an episode of Gangland, because... Oh, really? There was, yeah, there was someone shot right outside the house we were going to be living in. And by the, when that episode aired, I would have been like 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he's just like, yeah, this is, is not a place to raise a family, like, especially as a white person, because there was times where the guy showing him around, who was a Jamaican, was like, if I wasn't here, they'd try to kill you. Like, so he's like, why am I bringing my family here for money? He's like, that's stupid. So he quit that job, basically ruined his name in that business, in the chicken business, and then went and got a teaching degree and became a teacher. Because that, he was like, I, I wanted to try that. <clears throat> Mom became a nurse, and that was it. And that's what they do now today. Now you want to be a teacher too? Okay. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. My sister is also a teacher. It's like we got a generation of them. Mm-hmm. She teaches history. <laughs> and you want to teach history. And coaches girls basketball. And what makes that even funnier is since I've been here, Dad has gotten certified in teaching history because he used to teach science because his degree is in animal science. Okay. And, uh, no, he's gotten certified in teaching history. He can teach, like, any class in high school. So that's what he started to do. And I, was, I said, this is weird. We have a generation of history teachers. Why not? Maybe you're – I know you're very fond of your nephew. Oh, uh, Jack? Yeah, maybe Jack will become a history teacher. Nah, no, nah, he's, he's too much of a hoodlum. Hold on. Yes, he's fearless. He doesn't not. He doesn't care. He'll jump off. He'll jump off a bridge just to say that he did it. Does he get it from his uncle and his granddad? No. No. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was no. gonna say. I don't know. Uh, yeah, my my nephew lived with me from the time my sister and my nephew moved back with us when he was one, maybe just turned one, and lived with us till last summer. So every summer, instead of staying here doing football, I would go home and I would watch him and work. And so, <laughs> yeah, so me and Jack would hang out all day and yeah, part of me rubbed off on him. Also, for those of you listening, his name's not Jack. His name's Aiden. But under protest of that name, because me and Dad didn't like it. You don't like Aiden? Him Jack. No, we don't like Aiden. Aiden Carter, I'm like, he sounds like a, he sounds like a crappy movie about Mars. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> And no, I was like, that's, that's ignorant. So you just call him Jack? Yeah, we call him Jack. So I know where you just call him Jack. Yeah, we call him Jack. Why not? Okay. I mean, crap, he moved in with us when he was one. We can do what we want. So what does is, what is his mother call him? Still Aiden? Oh, yeah, she still calls him Aiden. Okay. She got mad. She was originally mad that we called him Jack, but she accepted it because we weren't going to change our mind on yeah. the matter. Yeah, and she recently named my niece, who's less than a year old, Scarlet Virginia. Yeah, what hick nonsense is that? That's like the most southern name I've ever heard in my life. Anyway, but... Yeah, Someday so, you'll be proud hey, of it. Hey, but I, I under protest, call her Scar. Scar? Scar. Okay. And, she respond, and she responds to it. That's the funny thing. I'm like, hey, Scar. She'll turn and look at me. Yeah. It's Uncle Seth. Yeah, they don't... They mess up the TH, though. It's Seth. Seth? Yeah. That's okay. It annoys me, but hey... Mm-hmm. Someday they will. <laughs> well, Seth, unfortunately, we're almost running out of time. We're approaching the 45-minute mark. That's pretty impressive. Is it? That's, that's a strong opening performance for any player we brought. Well, you're the first, but I don't – it'll be hard to top. I, really <laughs> I was about to say, I thought I, I was so. the first. You are the I'm first. getting sold a false bill of goods. No. Uh-uh. But we – with Coach Buck, obviously, he's going to have a – he, he kind of takes over oh, the show. Oh, he's the filler. Yeah. He's a filibuster. He's good. He's good. Uh, Who do you think top – Taught Coach Neal everything knows oh about God, it. <laughs> and, now, and now he's the guy who polices all that. Yes, he's had to be. Yeah. But I think we're going to cut it there, Seth. Are you on a lunch? I'm about to. We're about to go to lunch. So we're going to wrap it up here. You've been listening to Views from the Kicks. 
As always, Seth, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm glad this time we got it on recording so people can see just how crazy you really are, you SOB. Yeah, but that'll do it for this time. Catch us later on uh, with Coach Buck and Jack, but for now, we are out.